First the memories, now the oreograph. It's all coming together for Mr. Doe and for all of us getting to listen in. I'd give anything to have been a part of this. If you're just joining us, I don't know what to say except start from the beginning. This isn't your typical podcast. This is Unerasable. The Watch. I've had it all along. I had tucked it into the wall, in a hole in the drywall at the vacant apartment, and I had totally forgotten about it until I went back there. It's nice to have a sanctuary, a place to clear your head. I was there, just sort of trying to get things straight in my head. I noticed the crack in the wall when I went back. I remembered hiding it inside there. 116400. The Rolex Mealgauss watch. That was the key! It never made any sense, but finally it did. It was the ferromagnetic alloy shield found inside the Mealgauss. That's what protects it from magnetic fields. It was designed for scientists who work in labs where magnetic fields could impair their watches from working, which in turn would ruin the timing of their experiments. That's why I couldn't get the oreograph to stay working. The shielding was burnt out inside of it. I'm still not exactly sure how it works, but I think it sends out some kind of electromagnetic energy at an incredibly precise frequency that ends up charging Aurea. It's kind of like neon in a discharge tube. The neon is in the tube the whole time, but you can't see it or feel it. However, if you add just a modest electric charge, it lights up in brilliant color. And the color depends on what you put in the tube. So orange is neon, helium is yellow, hydrogen is red, mercury is blue, Similarly, there seem to be different grades or types of aurea, and they transmit different colors according to their depth of feeling. Once charged, we can manipulate it more easily, play with it. More than likely, it's just because our brains can finally see it and feel it, which allows us to focus on it properly. Once the aurea is charged, the electromagnetic field is heightened. And without the shielding in the oreograph to block it, the returning energy, which is usually measured, kept burning out the oreograph. I hadn't noticed it because the shield was completely fried out from before. But when I refound the watch, it all came together. I remembered the magnetic flux symbol, the B with the arrow that Rolex bragged about being hidden on their Mielgau shield inside the watch. I had seen the engraving from the watch, meaning I had taken apart Rolexes before, and finally I knew why. 
to replace the oreograph's magnetic shield. Alex and Hazel were so nervous. I was destroying the watch, which they couldn't have cared any less about, but I was basically throwing away thousands of dollars on a whim, a hunch that I felt like came from my past, but we know how those have often turned out. But they didn't stop me. They trust me. I snapped it into place, hooked it up to charge with my modified adapter, and we all went out for pizza to give it time to fully charge. Before we headed home, however, I saw them. Two suits. Eidolon. We saw them outside the pizza place when we were eating, and then later when we went to get ice cream four blocks away, they were there too. I took Hazel and Alex through the back, made up some story about the bathrooms there being so cool they had to check them out. Then we popped out in the alley and headed around the back of the block. We took a roundabout way home. It was hard trying to lead Alex and Hazel without too loudly explaining everything. I figured if we saw two, who knew how many other suits were around or lurking somewhere? Maybe they were listening in on cameras? Gosh, who knows? I contemplated taking them back to the vacant apartment because I'm more confident with the street cameras over there. I have that place so well staked out. I was so careful back then. But now, around Alex's place, I've become negligent, too cavalier in my behavior. I had started to believe that they really were just in my head, just a figment of my delusional imagination. My wife wasn't murdered by suits, so maybe there weren't suits in the first place. It was probably all part of their plan to get me to put my guard down. After a while, I decided just to check us into a hotel. I paid cash and left them in the room while I snuck back to Alex's. I would have given it more time, but it had been almost a solid hour and I really wanted the oreograph. I knew I was so close that I couldn't just leave it there. I definitely couldn't risk them finding it. There was no sign of them on the way back, but that didn't stop me from taking as sinuous a path as possible. The trip back gave me a chance to pack a quick bag with clothes and things for our impromptu overnight at the hotel, but I just tried to grab the oreograph, a couple things, and get out of there. When I got back to the hotel room, there was no hesitation. We were all so excited to see the oreograph in action. I could see doubt in Alex's face, but she played along nicely. I had told them about when I got it to work around the homeless guy, but how could you not struggle to believe that? Well, this made that look like kids with sparklers, and we were about to see the greatest fireworks show ever. The room, it lit up in clouds of color as soon as I pressed the button. The hotel room was small enough that, with all three of us in there, we were immediately charged in swirling fogs of different colors. They poured out of us, filling the room, whirling and churning together, like oil on the surface of water in all kinds of different colors. It was magical. Really, truly, just incredible. There were reds and yellows, with hints of, of green and, and, and even maybe scattered blue. 
definitely orange mixed in, from scarlet to saffron to rich emerald greens, with everything in between, the colors fading into each other, swirling around each other. God, I knew I had to be careful with Hazel in the room, but we could control it. You know, we could feel that we could choose to donate or absorb it, pushing and pulling, each of us taking turns, swirling and releasing. It was amazing. It's actually hard to explain. The words just aren't doing it justice. We were three glowing pillars in our aurea, this pure human energy, our very souls dancing around in front of us like kaleidoscopes of light. You could feel that, that we were all so emotionally charged as this color radiated out from our chests and from our bodies flowing highs of bliss and joy as they went in and out of us. The further up the spectrum in color they went, the deeper the emotions. When they circulated out in front of us, there was an awe of the experience. But you could feel the shadow, almost like you were being left behind. But if the darkness began to pull you down, all you had to do was absorb slightly. Just concentrate a little bit and remind yourself that you were in control. And then the glow emanating around you would strengthen. You could feel the pull, the urge to, to just inhale it from the room, to suck it up from the others, but I controlled myself. Hazel, on the other hand, let her aurea just release into the room with wild abandon. It just poured out of her, and from it the aurea grew brighter and denser, thicker in the air, almost so dense that I could barely even see in this fog of bright color. It made sense. This was why everyone lit up around Hazel. Even without an oreograph, she shares traces of Oreo with people. She didn't need the technology, it just facilitated what she already had, what was innate to her being. With Alex, with me, with strangers on the street, she always had this way of everyone leaving smiling. And now I knew why. There was a wildness, a freedom, a vulnerability of sharing your deepest self with those in the room, those you cared for, those you loved. It was overpowering, and as the depth of emotion grew, the spectrum, it changed. It faded away from, from crimson and, and, and orange and Titian light and swirled in more and more chartreuse, I don't teal from light to dark with tips of turquoise and, and even blue. The Aurea would continually just move in and out, filling you with love and euphoric elation. It really was incredible. Alex had never looked more beautiful, more relaxed, more at peace. Not only was it the aurea and the moment we were sharing, but it was the validation of everything she had been searching for, too. She had found what she had been looking for, what she had nothing but faith in for all that time. She had put her faith in me. She saw 
what I couldn't, even when there were times when I was doubting myself so much. She looked at me at one point, and we met eyes for a moment. I could feel her, her aurea, her happiness swirling with mine, and I looked at her with new eyes, in a way like I had never seen her before. It hadn't occurred to me until that moment that the tragic realization of what happened to Eva had not only given me Hazel, but it had given me Alex as well. I've been fighting myself for weeks, staving off the urges, the desires, the longing and the guilt of wanting to be with her. It felt so wrong in the wake of my wife's death, but the distance in time has released me of all that. I'll always love Eva. I will miss her each day I live for all of time, but in a way, she still had one last gift to give me. Another chance. Perhaps that's why she found me that day. To let me know it was okay. That I was free to love again. And maybe it was the moment and the aurea and the spectacular engulfing experience. But Alex smiled at me and I knew things would be different now. As I realized where I was, as I came to see how far I had come, it overwhelmed me. I had thought I was still lost, but I realized just how found I was. And it wasn't about getting memories back, or revenge, or conspiracies, or, or hidden communities. It was about people. It always was. It was about having people in my life that I trusted and that I loved and that loved me. When I opened my eyes, the room had grown even brighter in light, so full it was almost a darkness in the light. My realization Alex's love, Hazel's acceptance, it drove the Aurea deeper, darker, further up the spectrum with deep jungly greens and wisps of blue, indigo, almost violet. I felt it start to pull away from us, merging in the center of the room, taking on a pull of its own beginning to spiral upwards, pulling more and more out of us, getting out of control. And it scared me. I had felt this before. It had happened once before. When I couldn't stop it. And I remembered. It only took a second for me to realize that I was holding the oreograph. I was holding the control in my hand. I, I immediately threw it on the bed, releasing the trigger and killing the charge frequency. The aria swirled and disappeared into us after a second, extinguishing from sight with lingering tendrils for a brief moment. 
We all took deep breaths, speechless and slightly winded from what we had just seen and felt. We just sat in silence because there were no words. Alex and Hazel's smiles contrasted the fear and the terror that was surging through me. Sure, the Aurea had been magical, but there was a limit. We had come close to crossing a threshold of Aurea that should never be crossed. One that was crossed before. And the last time, the only other time, it left me without a memory. And that's when it became clear. It was Hazel. Something in how she processes the Aurea. She's more than simply a, a hyper-donor. Somehow, about seven months ago, Hazel had created a kind of Aurea detonation that had erased both of our minds. I couldn't let it happen again. It's my job to protect her now. Even though I still hadn't told her why. I hadn't told her the truth. I still haven't. I know. I said I would, but... It's harder than it sounds. Because when I tell her... Not only do I need to tell her that... I'm her father, but... That it's my fault. Everything bad that's ever happened to her. From the loss of her mother, to living drugged and locked up in an institution. It's all my fault. And I'm just not ready to hurt her like that. Especially when I love her too much. Hazel? Man, there's so much to learn about Aurea. Somehow, Hazel gives away Aurea like a hyperdonor, but instead of weakening her, it makes her produce more Aurea, which she gives away, which makes her produce more, and so on and so on, until there's so much Aurea it created the blast that wiped your memories out? Holy cow! If that's the case, then Aurea is more than just our happiness. It truly is some kind of life energy. Oh, imagine the implications. Are they harnessing Aurea for all its potential in Orion? What are they doing with it? What can it do? Oh man, there's so much I want to know. God, I hope he records soon. Thank you to everyone that's still with us listening. Please help us spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the hashtag unerasable. If you feel inspired to write a review, that'd be really great. It may not exactly help Mr. Doe, but it'll keep me inspired. I'm trying my best to make it sound like a real podcast and keep everybody interested. And as always, 
If you know anything that might help, email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website uneraceable.com. Thanks. See you next time.